Please pray with me. Father, we ask this morning that you would help us to understand your word. And we pray that you would enable us to live your word out by the help, with the help of your Holy Spirit. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. At Ascension, we live out our faith in three ways. We worship, we grow, and we give. We worship, we grow, and we give. Last week, um, we talked about worship. Next week, we're going to talk about giving. And this week, we're going to talk about growing. These are three basics of the Christian faith that it doesn't matter if we just started following Jesus yesterday. It doesn't matter if we have a PhD in theology and have been following him since we were three These are basics that we never outgrow, these three things. And today we're going to take a look at a a key aspect of what it means to grow. I'm going to tell you a story that some of you have heard already. It's a story I told about two and a half years ago. But I'm going to tell it again because I can't think of a better way to to illustrate this truth. So uh, it's it's a story from high school, and it involves a girl. (laughs) <laughs> thought that'd be a crowd pleaser. Let's call her Heather. So I had a few classes with Heather, but I didn't really get to know her until I w- uh, joined choir my, my senior year of high school. And so, um, you know, I'd known Heather a little bit, but I didn't really think much of it when she would walk from one end of the room to the other to say hi to me. I just thought she was really friendly and like to smile a lot and, and make people feel welcome. So she, she kept doing this, and um, our choir went on a tour to New York City that year. So while we're in New York City, we're at this dinner theater called Medieval Times. And uh, yeah, and while we're there, you, you have this uh, great medieval feast, and then after, then after the dinner, there's this, um, there's this entertainment where knights on horseback uh, joust, and they're in armor, and it's fantastic. So the, the plates are being cleared from dinner, and uh, the show's just about to start, and Heather leaves her group of friends to come sit by me. And I thought, okay, I'm in the front row. She wants a better seat. <laughs> and then the lights go down, and then all of a sudden, her hands are on top of mine. And I, I shifted this pile of hands into her lap and gently took mine out, but then they're right back there. And it happened again. And all I was thinking was, what is this girl's deal? I just want to watch the show. Why doesn't she want to watch the show? And it wasn't for, for a number of weeks later after that trip that I, the light bulb went on. And I thought, she likes me. And I had no idea. And you may say, yeah, that's obvious. That's obvious. But, but here's the thing you need to hear. I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand. You know, I was, I was a pretty smart guy, but it wasn't registering. I didn't understand it. And you may shake your head and say, oh, Josh, what a, what a funny story. 
But here's the thing you need to hear. That's all of us when it comes to suffering. You know, God keeps trying to tell us time and time and time again and to tell us, when you follow me, you are going to suffer. And it's not the exception to the rule. It's the norm. But we don't get it. It just goes right over our head. Peter tells us in in 1 Peter 4, he says, When you encounter fiery trials, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. Would you look at 1 Peter 4, verse 12 with me? The full verse reads, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. God says two things here. First, he says, I love you guys. That's what he's saying when he says beloved. And then he says, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you face a fiery ordeal, when you suffer because you follow me. Don't think that something strange is happening to you. This is a theme that that Jesus, time and again with the disciples, throughout the gospel, he tries to drill into them that if you follow me, you will suffer because you follow me. Bible scholars call this the way of the cross, the, the way or the, the path, the road. We'll call it the path of the cross. Putting our footsteps where Jesus' footsteps were, following his example, following him in his path. And part of that is when we do that, his enemies, both, both human and supernatural, will seek to stop us. It will, it will threaten them. They won't want us to succeed. And they will try to stop us just like they tried to stop him. And Peter says, don't be surprised when this happens. This is the normal thing. Time and again, God tries to get our attention about this. Just like Heather tried time and again to get my attention. Hopefully God has our attention in this moment. And now that he has our attention, what does he want us to know about suffering? I think there's at least four things. First, he wants us to know it's normal. It's normal. When we follow him, God's enemies, both supernatural and human, will seek to stop us. But no, is that there's different kinds of suffering. Look at verse 15 and 16. Peter says, Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, a criminal, or even as a mischief maker. Yet if any of you suffers as a Christian, do not consider it a disgrace, but glorify God because you bear his name. In those verses, Peter highlights two reasons why we suffer. One reason is we make bad decisions. You know, if you're a, a thief or a murderer, or if, if you go around living your life like you're a character in the hangover, hangover movies, and you suffer because of those choices, that isn't the same as suffering as a Christian. That's just making bad choices and suffering the consequences. But then Peter mentions this other thing, suffering as a Christian. Suffering because we are following the path of Jesus, following where he went. And then there's a third reason we suffer. And that is, we just live in a world that's broken. You know, when when our computer's broken, it causes a lot of headaches, and things don't work the way they're supposed to. And this world is broken. There's natural disasters. People get sick. People lie to us. They mistreat us. That's, That's the third reason. But if we respond to the the brokenness of the world that God is in the process of fixing, you know, when when somebody mistreats us 
and we respond the way Jesus would have us respond, and that brings further suffering, then that does become suffering as a Christian. And Peter and God both want us to understand the difference between those. Because if, you know, if I get into my head that, that I'm suffering, um, and I think I'm suffering as a Christian, when actually I'm robbing the convenience store every other day, and I think it's suffering because I'm a Christian, then I'm just going to keep robbing the convenience store, and things are going to... Um, so that's why it's so key to understand that there's different things going on here. But God also wants us to know how to respond when we suffer as a Christian, and part of that is responding as a Christian. It's so easy to try and, and drown out our sufferings through entertainment or going on vacations or, you know, substance stuff, whether the substance is video games or drink or romance. It's so easy to try and repress our sufferings through those things. But suffering as a Christian isn't, isn't about ignoring our suffering, which we're pretty, can be pretty prone to do because suffering isn't very popular in America. You know, it's like when you have company coming over, uh, my mom and brother are in town, and, you know, I shove some stuff in the closet to make it tidier. And sometimes when company comes over, we feel like we have to shove our suffering in the closet because it's so embarrassed and it shows that we're a failure. But Jesus is saying, actually, if you suffer for me, it's a sign of success that you are on the right path. And you can respond in a way, not by stuffing it away, but by responding to it as a Christian, by acknowledging it and then presenting it to God, bringing it to him in prayer and asking for his help. And here's the fourth and final thing that I think God wants us to know about suffering. The uncomfortable truth is, suffering is one of those times when we grow the most. It's one of those times that produces the most growth in us. And so if we seek to grow, a lot of that will happen during times of suffering. There's, there's certain kinds of pine cones that don't release the, the seed that's in the pine cones until they're exposed to intense heat. A lot of these exist out west, and, and so for some of these pine cones, the, those pine cones will fall to the ground, but the seeds won't release and germinate and produce new growth until a forest fire comes. And the flames and that intense heat opens up the pine cones, and the seeds are released and go into the ground. And sometimes that's how it is with us. You know, we sometimes all we can see are the flames around us and the intense heat and the smoke, and it feels like this is the end of the road. There's no getting beyond this. We're going to be consumed by this thing. But if we suffer as a Christian and give those things back to God and bring them to him, and the darkest moment, just when it seems like we're going to be consumed by that fire, all of a sudden, new life branches forth. So as we seek to worship and to grow and to give, remember that suffering is normal. Remember that there's different types of suffering. And remember that as you suffer as a Christian, to respond as a Christian and give those things back to God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are always beside us, no matter how bad it seems. 
I pray that when we are in the midst of suffering, that you would help us to, to think through what got us into this situation. Was it, was it bad decisions? Was it because we were following you and your path? And I pray that as we are in the midst of those fiery ordeals, that you would give us hope and, and help us to know that this is a way that you are growing our lives and our faith as individuals and as a community. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.